Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Tuesday, Carm's still out. So pinch hitting for him is me, Shane Orling. Welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you. The good yeah. kid with us as always. Yurk, last night, Monday Night Football. Yes. The expectation with the two games. Maybe not so great, but they paid off. We got to talk about that. We'll talk some Bears. Matt Eberflus, people want him out. People want him to stay. Where are we at with it? We got some Chicago Wolves tickets to give away a little bit later. Don't forget... Carmen Yerk Bears football feast on Friday, Buffalo Wild Wings in Plainfield. Yerk, you looking forward to it? Yeah, we'll be there. We love those. Honest to heavens. Sit there and get 10 wings right away. Then him and I get the, uh, uh, the like the nachos, the little cheese and, yeah, the, and, and all the goodies on there. The I think cheese curds chicken. are always good, too. Yeah, I'm not a cheese curd guy, though. Wow. So, but You spent yeah. so long in Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm not a cheese curd guy. Just uh, I, I enjoy the, the chicken nachos. They're absolutely phenomenal. We have a good time. And uh, we always do a toast. At the end of it all, we do a little toast to everybody. It's a toast that somebody came up with at the beginning of the year. And uh, every time we're at Buffalo Wild Wings, we do a toast. So we're, we're going to have a good time. Good it's times exciting. out there. That's it's what we stuff. like to do. Uh, the Monday night football stuff you talked about. Love two games on Monday night. Hate two I hate games. It. I hate two games at the same time. I, yeah, it was awful. Yesterday, both games kicking off at 7.15. I can't stand it. I need one. I need at least an hour offset, if not an hour and a half. Did you see the reasoning ESPN gave? There was no specific, like, they didn't have a specific programming thing that they went by for the reason to do this. But what I was reading was ESPN said they wanted to provide the Monday night viewer with a Sunday viewing experience where you have, you know, red zone, all the games yeah. on at the same time. You're yeah. consuming six games at once. They wanted the Monday night viewer to have the opportunity to experience a Sunday. That's uh, funny. I, I, I do that on Sunday. Correct. The, like, the Sunday viewing experience is, is reserved for Sunday, not for Monday, <laughs> which is why I need the offset on Monday. But two football games, uh, two good football games nonetheless. Unless the Monday night viewer is in a coma on Sundays, I think they get the Sunday experience. Yeah. They don't need this. I thought what Chicago did twice this year already, losing games to Denver and to Detroit when they were up in Detroit, was something only the Chicago Bears can do. I don't know if anybody else was kind of tickled a little bit when the Miami Dolphins did what the Chicago Bears do. And the Miami Dolphins are a good football they, team. They choked. I watched Cleveland crap the bed a couple of years ago in a similar fashion. So I think this collapse happens more than people Absolutely. want to say. I, I remember the Houston Oilers with a 35-3 uh, deficit overcame that deficit to come back to win. Oh, no. They had lead. And it was Buffalo who overcame that yep. deficit to come back and win. So it used to be an epic collapse would be one that you remembered and be one every 30 years. Now it seems like uh, you're just going to have epic two-touchdown collapses at the end of games all the time. Once a week, it yeah. feels like. Yeah. I mean, watching the Dolphins last night, and it felt like Tyreek Hill leaves the game, ankle injury. You mentioned he comes back in, what, he get 48 yards after that? Yeah. But at the end of the game, when he's on the sideline to start that drive... 
And you go, okay. And then he comes out. He had that motion run. Tua wasn't even looking his way. Yes. I'm go- you're out there as a decoy. Right. You're not actually going to make a play on the football. They couldn't pick up a first down. You're, they they yeah. get the ball back with a touchdown lead after the Hopkins play got the Titans downfield. They could score. One score game. They go for two. They get the ball back. They can't get a first down. 61 yards receiving for Tyreek Hill. He had 48 when he came back after the injury. Uh, yeah, you get, you got to get a first down. You know, for everybody that says Mike McDaniel is genius, and they want to criticize Eberflus for the way he lost a couple of games this year, that, that, that was the offensive genius. That was the guy yeah. that runs off the football field. That's the guy that's got all the cute little mannerisms that everybody loves. He's the guy that ran the ball twice into the line, right? Yep. Didn't try to be aggressive. Wasn't trying to win the game. Wasn't trying to get the first down. Three and outs, three and he outs, ran three and it. outs. He had the timeouts. Okay, I get it. That's what you're going to do. But run some. Of course, they couldn't protect. They had three backups in yesterday's game. Uh, you know, for everybody that cries Justin Fields doesn't get protection, what was Tua getting in that game? Tua's run for his dear life. And Tua all year, the, the highlight for Tua has been how fast he gets the ball out, how quick he makes the decisions. But you take Tyree Kill out of the game, all of a sudden the offensive genius of McDaniels neutered. Took some time. Right, and you're holding on to the ball, you're letting plays develop, the creativity in the offense kind of vanishes. You're, they could only score when Tennessee had low red zone turnovers. Right. You're getting the ball Plus gift territory. on the Plus 15. Territory. Yeah, the punt return, that kid, by the way, I don't know if when the ball hits the ground there can be any more interference, but he went to handle the ball, and the defender from Miami yep. ripped at his hand you know, and got his hand and moved his hand, and that's why he ended up muffing the punt and turning it over to the Miami Dolphins. Get the hell away from the punt. You know, if you didn't catch it clean, get away from it and live the fight another day. You know, that's all you've got to do. And then the Will Levis toss to, to Derrick Henry where it was on the back shoulder. Yeah, that's just... It went over the shoulder. That's just a bad toss by the quarterback. Uh, Derrick Henry would have been a hero to be able to corral that thing and, and bring it down. That needs to be in the midsection. Throw the ball in the midsection and you're good. But then Will Levis comes back against what? Again, a soft defense. You can't play soft defenses. I, I never get the prevent of. late in the game. What two happens? of those passes were to the running back in the flat. It's unbelievable. You like, 24 yards. Defensive coordinators will see pressure work all game. You pressure yeah. a young quarterback, you get in his face, he makes bad decisions, yeah. makes mistakes over the middle, and then when you really need stops, it's like, well, let's just run prevent. Yeah, let's get all the way back here. What are you doing? It, it never works. It always feels like a mistake. I just last night watching the Dolphins, I did take a little bit of happiness and oh, it's not just yeah, us. Yeah, well, it tickled that your heart. These leads it's, makes it, you feel it, it was a damn good team blowing the lead. Yeah, a really good, a potential a, Super Bowl team. Now they're not the same without Tyreek, who well, might have been not. the MVP. They're but not. I mean, and it's unfortunate. And if you're a guy that has Tyreek Hill and you got a first round game this week, what do you do with him? Oh, I'm going to play, but I, you risk starting Tyreek Hill. Yeah, with a sprained dicey. ankle. I don't. I have him. I'm, I've already put him on the bench. I don't know if he's going to play, and if he does play, if he tweaks it in, in the first play, he's done for the game. When you figure that's something that swells up today, it's going to get worse as the week goes along. We'll see yeah. where you're at, but he's not going to be 100%. My other guy's Keenan Allen. Boy, without Herbert at quarterback, then there's no... Oh, you, know, you know like the, a little hockey the, the, stick the, back the, there yeah. throwing passes to him? No. Easton stick? No, I don't. QB of the future? I don't. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's bad. Every direction is bad right now for me. What do they got? The Raiders this week? Chargers Raiders? I believe so. What's going to be the worst game? Chargers Raiders up? next week with Easton Stick and Aiden O'Connell, the Green New Deal AOC, or was it Raiders Vikings last week in the three nothing finish? 
I think the three nothing finish was uh, that was one of yeah. the worst games I've ever seen. I, I think that was terrible. And do you see Dobbs stats at the end of that game? Yeah, twenty one yards rushing, sixty nine yards passing. Yeah, it's like did you, what are you doing, doing in there? Kid now Cardio. Mullins came in, right? Mullins came Nick in Mullins for the final came drive in at the end. Yeah, they benched Dobbs. Yeah, I, the Mullins got to be your starter. You can't play Dobbs. You made what a mistake bringing Dobbs in. What options do they have when you're stuck between Mullins. Joshua Dobbs and Nick Mullins and whoever else? I mean, you're in a bad spot. You're doing anything you can to get out of that. Let me see. You know what this who might not be in a bad spot? Who? The New York Giants with Tommy DeVito. What is going on? No. Last no, night, listen. Tommy DeVito's cutting up. No. I mean, listen. The Packer you, defense. You're, you're choosing between spoiled milk and moldy cheese right there. Oh, come on. That's your choice. You Danny know, Dimes is terrible. Yeah, Danny Dimes is spoiled milk, and then uh, the DeVito is moldy cheese. You're not winning anything DeVito, with that. DeVito was a nice... Uh, your option is no option. DeVito was a nice brie last night. Your, he was not moldy cheese. Your option is to go back to, to, to the drawing board that touchdown, and figure out what the hell you're going to do. That touchdown, Tommy DeVito threw to the corner of the end zone and then leads the team down the field at the end for the game-winning field goal. Field goal. That is a nice brie. That is not moldy oh, is cheese. That what you You're that being was? disrespectful. Bray, that's I don't a, mind. That's a very mind. nice. That's a nice gouda. Shay smoked gouda. I don't mind being disrespectful to the quarterbacks of the New York <laughs> Giants. All right. Besides Eli Manning, I'm trying to remember when the New York Giants had a solid, uh, solid quarterback back there. Kurt Warner maybe for a year when he came out yeah. there, and then Coughlin ended up benching him anyway. Yep. And trading him away to Arizona. Then Arizona goes to a Super Bowl with Ken Wisenhunt as the coach. But after that, do you remember the great Dave Brown era they used to have? Now, we're not talking Phil Smith, Phil Sam. I do. Yeah. But Dave Brown, yeah, he played what in the early 90s. That was, early Dave 90s. Brown. Yeah, I would have been. Dave Brown is early 90s, big tall guy. About 93, 94 for I him. would have been a fetus, likely. Yeah. Well, congratulations. At Thank least you were there. Yeah. Past the embryonic stage? I, we'll have to see. Let yeah. me look it up. Let yeah. me look up that year. Look up those dates. What's the date of conception for you exactly? But yeah. <laughs> No, you well, don't have a, yeah. Honestly, fun fact, I think I'm a Valentine's Day baby. Uh, yeah, well, congratulations. Yep. Nice dinner, a uh, little champagne, and the next thing you know, a little Shay's on board. My birthday's November 13th, so you just do yeah. the math. Oh, yeah. Nine months, Valentine's Day. Crunch it, yeah. 11 to 2, 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, no, that's what I New think York's happened. got a problem. New York's got a problem. I, New York doesn't have what Chicago has. So how bad is it for the Giants? Because last night, like, if you're a Giants fan, and I know nobody is, but if you are and you're watching that game, you got to be furious winning that game. They're killing their draft position with this Tommy DeVito. Nobody really earnestly thinks is the future. You're stuck with money to Danny Dimes. They're in a horrible spot. Yeah, they're in a bad spot. And that's why I told you what I thought of their quarterback situation. They, they've got a problem. They've got to revamp that. They've got to figure it out. Uh, when Danny Dimes comes back, he's your starting quarterback, whether you like it or not. I wonder if he is. Well, I, I, I feel Danny, like Danny Dimes tore the Bears apart t- two years ago. Yeah, but two years ago was a different Bears guy. Stuff. Like they looked horrible yeah. when he was in this year. I wonder if Danny De- or Danny DeVito. Yeah, sure, why not? If he's starting to steal the job from Danny Dimes. Do you know there's three games on Saturday this week? Yes. I did not know that. This happens every year. I know, but I'm looking at the schedule. But it seems so much earlier than before. I think we've got the primetime Lions and uh, Broncos, right, on Saturday night? Saturday night, uh, yeah, the Broncos at Detroit, Pittsburgh Indy, and Minnesota-Cincinnati. I had no idea. Minnesota and Cincinnati, two running ends in there. 
I nice. mean, you look at that. I like that's, how that gets matched up. The NFL is not sending their best on Saturday. Vikings. No. Like, it's all seven well, and six teams, so you go, okay. Denver, what's Denver in their last seven games? What are they, six and one? Six and one in their last seven games, And yeah. Detroit, they've fallen off a cliff. They started the year one and five. And now they've gone six and one. Are they the Lions of last year or are the Bears the Lions of last uh, year? I think the Bears are the Lions last year. They did it mid season. The uh Denver, they they turned it around at mid season. Yeah. Uh one and seven, I think, is what they were. Uh Detroit last year. One and six. One and six. Yeah. And then that's when they turned it all the way around to get to where they needed to get. When the Broncos I think were Denver one and five, did a little could... bit too early. I also I don't think much of Denver. I don't think they're good. If you look at some of the stats, they're one of the worst tackling teams in all of football. They just somehow get turnover luck and manage to win some of these games. They're doing just enough offensively to survive. Right. I'll tell you who I like this week of all the games that I look at, Jacksonville. You think so? Because Jacksonville disappoints you at um, times. I'm a Ravens when guy. You think, I, get, I get it. And Baltimore was tooth and nail against the Rams. Yeah. Went to overtime. A lot of energy was expended. Uh, Jacksonville now puts themselves in a must-win situation um, after losing, I believe, two games in a row. I think Javel's on a two-game losing streak, yeah. so I think Javel's in a must-win situation, and I think they take advantage of Baltimore this week on a Sunday night. We were talking upstairs too; like all of these teams are just the same. Unless you're one of the four or five teams that's yeah. ten and three or better, you're one of the. I think I came up with what twenty-three of the thirty-two NFL teams are between eight and five and five and eight. Yeah. Everybody's right in the middle. Right in the middle. That's I, that's where you're going to find yourself. The old bell curve. And we look at what we got coming up on on Sunday afternoon. Bears five and eight. Browns eight and five. Three point spread. Three and a half point spread. Depending on where you look. Now I know you've become accustomed to listening to some solid football knowledge in the morning show that you produce. Always. With, uh, John Great analysis. And, and and Dave Kaplan. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you heard my breakdown of the NFL early in the year before the game before they even started. When they said, analyze what you are, why do you think the Bears can be good this year? Okay, And we're still trying to find out whether the Bears are going to be good this year. Good, not great, not exceptional, just to find out if they're going to be good. But what is, what's the, here's, the, here's the formula. you got four or five good teams. I mean, four or sure. five great teams. Yeah. you got four or five lousy teams. And then everybody else is a mishmash of crap in the middle. Yeah, That's what you have. That's, that's the, the NFL. NFL. And that's the way the NFL is every single year. Five great teams. Five lousy teams and a mishmash of crap right in the middle, depending upon injuries, uh, depending upon uh, luck, uh, the bounce of the football, depending upon whether the officials want to call something or not call something. That's where you're going to find all your teams. And the, some teams that have a little bit of luck and they stay healthy end up being a little bit better. But there's no guarantee then the next year they come back and they're better than that or they ever make it up into the exceptional range. That's the jump you yeah. make. The Bears were lousy last year. They're one of the stinky teams. Now they're going to move up into one of the good teams, the mishmash crap in the middle. Then the next step they got to take is how do we get from the mishmash in the middle to becoming one of the exceptional teams? That's the NFL, though. Absolutely. That's the way it always is. Yerk, I want to talk more about that when we come back because I think the Bears are good, and I have some numbers that I think back that up. Since they went out and got Montez Sweat, I think it has a lot to do with the head coach. I think, honestly, the narrative around the head coach right now isn't really fair. So let's talk about that a little bit when we come back. It's Carmen and Yurko. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000.
Carmen and Yurko, Shane Orlingham for Carm. Talking Bears, 312-332-3776. Yurk, I think this team's good. I look at what we've seen since week nine when you picked up Montez Sweat, and I see a defense that's just kind of resurgent, that's starting to get after the quarterbacks, 11 sacks in three games. You talk about the tur- the takeaways. The turnovers. The, like the hits principle, it's all starting to come together. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball since week nine, and I know a lot of people aren't going to really understand this. EPA per play is one of these fancy new yeah. analytic in, metrics. In environmental Protection Agency. Exactly. Yeah, EPA. Expected points added per play. Basically just says for every snap, how many points is your opponent getting on your when you're on defense? The Bears rank sixth in the NFL in that metric since week nine. Right. Which just goes with the eye test of you picked up Montez Sweat and you're making life hell. And hopefully he's playing playing more than 60% of the plays we hope. Right. I mean, you think about the Lions game. If he's just on the field at the end of it, you probably win the game. Well, yeah, you you don't know. The problem is philosophically, you decide to play a soft defense. I, I think philosophically, you've got to tell yourself now, we can't play soft defense. We've got to get after it. We've got to maintain our aggressiveness. And you saw it kill Miami yesterday. Uh, that first touchdown was scored way too easy. Right. Way too easy. But And they were hitting the ball in the flat, and they were getting 12, 14 yards, like a crack. You can't allow them to move three plays, 36 yards. You, you, you're, you're gone. Then they hit on the second possession, they hit DeAndre Hopkins across the field, and he gains 40 yards. Well, I mean, what do you expect to happen here, guys? When you're allowing 40-yard chunks and you allow three plays in 36 yards, what do you think is going to happen to you? They're going to get close to the end zone. And Will Levis, of all people in the history of the world, Will Levis is going to be the guy that beats you. Well, it was the same thing for the Bears. Well, three weeks ago in Detroit, you're playing soft. You got Jalen Johnson out wide. Yeah. And just get burnt by Jamison Williams for a deep ball touchdown that kind of changed the momentum of the yes. game. Yes, But Yurk, doesn't it feel... Because they scored too quick. Right. They scored too quick. You let it happen too fast. But doesn't yeah. it feel like that's a conversation that's been had with Eberflus? Because watching... I think it's a conversation he had with himself in the mirror. Maybe. Yeah. Which is Can't fine if that's that. what's going to work. Yeah. Watching on Sunday, they had an unpredictable yes. front. Yeah. Guys were moving around. Pressure was coming from different places. Sure, they're still sitting and, in a cover, too. But they're developing pressure packages out of it. Yeah, let me offer this to you, too. They did not play perfect defensively in that game. Yeah, they only gave up 13 points. There are a couple of times that the 91 is a little bit out of control. And he's got to slow himself down a little bit. They did a, a slant in the line, and the guy got double scooped. There were times when they could have done better themselves. They did some things that were very fixable. That yeah. would, would, would They will then put themselves in a better position to make plays. But those mistakes were made by the Chicago Bears. And the Bears can then go fix those mistakes and prevent some of those big runs that they gave up the other day. Now, hopefully they look at it and they, they realize it. I like to play. I think Pickens is getting better. I think Gervin Dexter is getting yeah. better. I think players are getting better across the line. Uh, I saw Billingsley a little bit in there. The rotation's a little bit, you know, more guys are getting a chance to play a little bit more in the middle. Uh, and Jones came back in fresh as a daisy because I don't think he was utilized that much. And they brought him in at the end, and he got a sack and a half. 
And sweat's just been such yeah. a difference maker that allows you to bring pressure from different areas. I think yeah. that's allowing some of the younger guys to develop better. I don't want to get too in the weeds with the numbers and the things that he's done. But yeah, it's because we confuse people with too many numbers. I'm not going to go that I call route. Carmen the accountant all I know. the time because so, he starts firing numbers at me. I'm like, my God. Sometimes I'm listening. I feel like Carmen's spitting a receipt at me. Yeah. What am yeah. I supposed to do Every with Every blue moon. I, mean, I got to have a tab machine in front of me. I got to be punching all the numbers I mean, in you gotta have so a I can compute them properly. Uh, get the abacus out, Yurko. Let's start moving pieces. What frustrates the defense and what frustrates the defensive line the most? You get after the quarterback, you got him corralled, you got him pinned, he finds a way to get out and he gets first down. And now you're not off the field. So ultimately, the, the best thing that Justin Fields does is frustrates the living hell out of an opposing defense if he can get away. When his legs are working, he's yeah. a hell of a player. When he can get away, and he was getting away against Detroit. Now part of that, Aiden Hutchinson... I mean, he gets a lot of a pump around the league. I think he's wildly overrated. Well, I I told him uh, when they played him last time, he he didn't do anything the whole game. And then he gets and the at the end of the game. The at the end, he gets the forced fumble. It's a safety. And uh, I I mean, I literally said, I go, listen, come two years from now or next year, they've got to make a decision on whether they're going to pick up the fifth year on him or not. Because who's going to guarantee him twenty four million dollars? And think about, I mean, it happened. He's a try hard guy, though. I get it. Effort, he's a yeah. try. He's a great effort guy. Um, I, I got you, no problem with him, but I can't pay him $25 million a year. That's the kind of guy I could pay $12 bucks a year. And what are you paying him for? Like, I know, I don't, again, I don't want to get lost in it, but the pressures are the pressures, and you yeah. get excited about it maybe as a defensive coordinator. This is a guy who can get to a quarterback. At some point, the pressure's got to be yeah, sacks. Right. I just, when he broke contain against Fields and Fields runs free for a touchdown, you go, okay, the Lions kind of allowed that Bro, to happen. Broke contain. Did you see Rashkan's block? Yes. Did you see Roshan's block on that play? Yeah. Roshan, 200 and what, 15 pound uh, running back, got into your second second choice in the first round. He got into him, and what did he do? He sat and took it. Roshan gave it to him. He took it, spun out late, and then he flailed his arms. Well, he's chasing trying to, He flailed his arms like he was making maximum effort. He's trying to stun inside while the defensive tackle's doing something different. It's just, right. he's not very good. It created opportunities for fields. Right, and if you look at some of his pressure stats, they'll tell you, well, he pressures the quarterback, he gets to the quarterback. That's BFF. Can't always believe them all the time. Um, I, I just know this. Um, if you look around the league, you can see the guys that are pressuring quarterbacks. You know what they look like. Yeah, one of them Montez dead. Sweat. Yeah, one of them Sweat. The other one played uh, last night for the uh, Tennessee Titans. The Titans were getting after people. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans were getting after people. It's a wonder why they're as bad as they are. Tell you who else, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Giants. Yeah. Pressures quarterbacks. Thibodeau, yeah. He gets in people's faces. Oh, yeah. So the point I'm making overall is... I- I think the Bears, we're seeing the progress. We're seeing them get better defensively, offensively, if you believe it or not. That same EPA thing, the fancy metric, I'm not going to give you all the numbers. I'll just tell you, since week four, Justin Fields ranks seventh. The only quarterbacks ahead of him, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Do the players believe? That's what you've got to ask yourself. And you feel like they do. And I know we have sound from T.J. Edwards was with Black and Abdallah last night. He talked about it. Yerk, I I listen to the station. You listen to the station as much as anyone. It feels like if you just tune in, everybody's talking about how Iberflus is a dead man walking. And I'm going, did they lose the game on Sunday? We're coming off one of the biggest wins this team has had in a while, and we're all walking in here like we're supposed to put a bullet in Matt Eberflus. I want him to stay. It was two weeks ago on a Monday, 
after the Detroit loss, I believe I came in here and I said that they're both going to stay. And they're both sticking around. Justin Fields and Eberflus. And this was after a loss. And I said they're both going to stay. I go, both of these guys are going to be here. Did they win? Two games in a row. It was a win against Minnesota. Um, I said they're both staying. And the way they played against I Detroit. Yeah, the, the, way, the way they played against Detroit. Then they got the victory against Minnesota. And I said, you know what? No, they're going to keep them. They're playing, and they want to continue to play. I said, things are getting better. They're starting to get a little kind. Confidence is the key. Four and seven in 96 we were. We won five games in a row to make the playoffs. And we needed Morton Anderson to miss like a 38-yarder. And he, he hit the ground first, and he shanked the kick. And we end up going to the playoffs. We beat the Atlanta Falcons. Then we beat Buffalo and Buffalo. We beat Denver and Denver. The next thing you know, we're in the AFC Championship game. How? I don't know. All of a sudden, we won seven games in a row. We couldn't get out of our own way at times. Think about the Giants that beat the Patriots. What but, were they? Yeah, it's confidence. It's confidence. And the only way you build confidence is by doing and by winning. So the more you play, the more you win, the more confident you become. So hopefully, this team believes in what Eberflus is doing. And I'm telling you, I could be here. I don't know how they feel in there. You don't know. The players, they've got to be feeling good about themselves. They've got to be walking tall, cock of the walk, making things happen. You, you, you That's what they're doing. The way that they've played the last they few games. They are feeling frisky about themselves, and they're planning on going to Cleveland and going to Cleveland and going ahead and pulling an upset. It's not a big upset, but it'd be an upset nonetheless. I honestly, Yerk, we can talk about that next. I think they're going to Cleveland and winning. And that's me today. This is part of why I, I want Eberflus to come back. I think you look at this team and you go, preseason, we were all asking for, show us progression. Yes, improvement. Go from three wins to six wins, you double the win total. I wanted seven. I said I thought in a perfect world maybe you could get to ten. I thought nine was the very reasonable. Yeah, you'd let a couple slip through your fingers, but you still yeah. have a chance to go out and win them. So. I just look at this as why are we kicking this guy out the door and we're going to reset everything that he's building instead of giving him another year to try and finish this off. I want Eberflus to stick around. I think they're going to Cleveland on Sunday and winning. 312-332-3776 if you want to join in on the conversation. We'll get to some of the Justin Fields stuff. Still got Chicago Wolves tickets to give away. It's Carmen and Yurko. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Carmen and Yurko got Chicago Wolves tickets to give away. We'll do that about 15 minutes. Right now, talking Bears, 312-332-3776. Simple question for you. Should Matt Eberflew stay or should he go? When I listen to the narrative around this city and honestly around this station, feels like a lot of people have already made the decision. And I just keep looking back at pri- former seasons, old seasons, last season. At 1-6, Lions fans might have wanted Dan Campbell fired. But then you finish the year 9-8, and eight, you finish the year positive, the Bears are in a position where they can do that. Now, they got to go beat Cleveland. I think that they will. Look at the quarterback on the other side of the field. Joe Flacco, you've gotten 11 takeaways in three games. That's going to stop against Joe Flacco and a Browns offense that's been fairly underwhelming when they don't play Jacksonville. By the way, he has a horrible pass defense. 
So if you walk in and you're the team that you have been, you're going to go beat Cleveland. And, and Am I, I wrong? Be, yeah, and I go beat up Miles Garrett with one arm. That's what I want to do. I focus on him and I beat him up, say, you got to use two arms. That's what I'm going to make you do. It's, we're not going to be soft on you. We're not going to let you operate outside in the comfort zone where you might be able to create some havoc. We're going to attack. We're going to go after you. So I, I think the Bears... Um, they don't scare me, Yerk. Their defense scares me a little it bit. It does, but... Okay, like, so let's be honest. Their front is fantastic. When I, when their I, secondary when is fantastic. When I look at everything, I go, what scares me but Cleveland? The defense. Can the defense... If we No turnovers. I like it. Now we give ourselves a chance. With no turnovers. Um, and then if Justin Fields can do what he does, and believe it or not, he does do some dynamic things that uh, has you kind of believing in him a little bit. Uh, most of them are on the ground. Some of them are in the That's air, though. That's fine, though. Who cares? I know, but I've, well, you, you, you have to care at some point. Because if he's doing everything on the ground and he doesn't give you the touchdown pass down the seam, he doesn't give you the touchdown pass to... Uh, to DJ Moore. I think the other one down the seam was to uh, DJ Moore a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then he gave you one to Cole Komet. You have to have some of that. It can't simply be from the legs. There's got to be something to the think pass. It was. And I think his most impressive throws last week were the outs that he was throwing to Cole Komet and the out that he Bingo. threw to DJ Moore. Those are the most impressive passes for me. Them are the ones I like to see. The most disappointing pass last week, second down when they decided to throw the ball and stay aggressive, he's got a wide-open D.J. Moore, and he, he overthrew it. He airmailed him by about two yards. That's the most disappointing that, throw. That's the throw you got to make next one you got to have. Make that throw in that situation, and all of a sudden the whole world sings a different tune. But I, st- I just think it's unfair when people talk about it's all Justin's legs. The throw to Cole Komet early in the game, crossing to the left side across yeah. the field, yep. and Justin delivers a strike over a linebacker. I think it was Anzalone. Ball drops right into Komet's bread basket. That's what we want to see. The offsides, sure, that play's tailor-made for you, but you got to throw a dart down the field. And he did, and he did throw a dart. And what about the out route? I thought it was Darnell Mooney t- fully covered on the outside, and Justin yeah. put it right on the outside to the right shoulder. Side. To the right contested, side. Contested. Ball's in a perfect Saw spot. Saw the ball come out of his hand. Yeah, I, I, he threw through it and I said, "Oh, sweet Jesus!" is what I said. I thought something bad was going to happen. I did too. Ball was caught, but it was perfectly thrown. Maybe he's, not a great decision, but, but he zipped it in. He's made a couple of those throws this year where it looked like you thought the ball was going to get intercepted, but he put it in a spot where only his receiver can get it. Those are the throws that you've got to make, and those are the times when he hesitates, when he when he looks like he's going to go to it, and then he stops. Is that's the point he's got to get to where he believes in himself to throw that little pass. I just don't get why we see all of this progress. Like, you and I are sitting here yeah. talking about stuff. It's getting me excited. I'm excited to watch the Bears on Sunday. I'm excited to see if they can grow and go on the road and continue and to win. beat a real team. This yeah. is a moment where the Bears can go on the road in a massive spot and prove that they're real. Something they haven't done in a very long time. Well, they did it against Detroit. Right. But now you get to now. Now, now you got to do it on the road. Things get a little more interesting. Now you now, do it on the road. Look, Detroit's defense is terrible. Now you go on the road and you go up against one of the most ferocious fronts in the NFL and a team that feels themselves a little bit with Joe Flacco. If you saw him in the locker room, I think you can take the ball away from them. But you have to feast on a defense that lets nobody do that. I'd rather face them off a victory than off a loss. So the fact that Cleveland ended up winning, I'd rather face Cleveland after a Maybe. victory. 
And then you get a will you get a week of film on Joe Flacco and what he likes to do and where he likes to go. So and then you gotta I just wish the Bears the win they blitz, they blitzed a little bit more effectively. God, it seems like they come from way back. And by the time the quarterback sat on his back leg, our blitzer's not even at the line of scrimmage yet. Uh, we want to hear from you on this. 312-332-3776. Justin Fields is playing better. Matt Eberflus is coaching better. The team is improving. I want to know why so much of the narrative is load these guys into a Ziploc and punt them to the sun. It makes no sense. I don't get why we can't accept this team's getting better. Gorman and Mount Greenwood's up first. What's up, Gorman? Good afternoon, fellas. So um, I have a question. Maybe you can uh, help me with this. Why not keep Fields and draft a quarterback, much like Green Bay did with uh, Jordan Love when Rodgers was there? I know Rodgers didn't appreciate it, but who cares what he appreciates and doesn't appreciate? That's my first question. My second question is, what do you think about Eric Bieniemy, because uh, Ryan Poles, you know, they have their relationship from when he was back at Kansas City. Bring Eric Bieniemy in, you know, if they don't keep Eberflus, because I know that um, Kevin Warren doesn't like um, what's his name Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah. So Harbaugh's out, I think, because of that. So Eric Bieniemy would be uh, somebody that would interest me. So those are the two questions I have. I'll hang up and listen. I don't know if Eric Bieniemy can be a head coach. It, it's an interesting question. I I don't know what he is. I, like if you well, go to coordinator, if you go to Washington, he's okay. All they can do is throw the ball. They don't even try to run, and they have no offensive line. But there have been questions I've been reading from the Washington beat about his personnel groupings. They don't think he's that that great. Uh, so Bieniemy had to get out from under the shadow of Andy Reid. Agree. So he decided to do something different. He, he decided to get out. I mean, I got to get out of Kansas City because it hasn't worked when I've been here. We've been going to the Super Bowl. So he decided to go elsewhere. Um, I don't know if Biennemi is or isn't the answer. He's, he's got a little stuff in his background that might cause uh, concerns for certain organizations sure. that are out there. And he may not be on the list specifically because of that. Well, from a football perspective, I don't even know if he's the answer. Like, keep the personal stuff out of it. Obviously, that plays a factor in well, the hiring it, it, process. It plays a big factor in the hiring process. But even from a football perspective, I'm not like, this is a home run hire. You have to do it. Why are we bombing Eberflus out of here for a guy we don't know? I, I don't know if there is a home run hire out That's there. That's my point. That's You have a guy that, who's clearly right. building something that's starting to work. Stick with that rather than taking another swing on something that might work. You know, and then I, I, the, one of the coaches I respect the most out there is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin comes in after they win a Super Bowl, and he's got the, the infancy of Ben Roethlisberger. That was his second year when he took over. So he had the quarterback. They developed the quarterback, and then Roethlisberger took over for all that time. So Tomlin was the beneficiary of having a Super Bowl team with a young quarterback as they propelled themselves further. So he, he got the benefit of being there. He's under the gun. People want Mike Tomlin out in Pittsburgh. They're tired of Mike Tomlin. It's been 15 years yeah, since he won a Super Bowl, hasn't it? They want a different choice. They want somebody else out there. And to me, that's crazy. Because he's proven to you that he's a great coach. Right. Belichick's going to be out eventually up in, uh, in New England. Let's coaches have a timeline. Two years in Chicago. If they show improvement and they're showing improvement and they're getting there, do they believe in Eberflus? To me, this is the simplest of all things. Let's watch it play out the way it is. If they play for Eberflus, which is one of the hardest things that you've got, is they want to play for each other and they want to play for the coach. If you can get that, that's something that's very valuable. Here, let's go to Mike and Lakeview. What's Let's up, Mike? It. 
Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, man. What do you got on, Mikey? Yeah, so, I mean, you were just talking about it. Like, if you heard um, Brisker's interview, um, I think, you know, yesterday or whatever, like how much he loved Eberflus. Like, I I was, like, kind of shocked that, you know, just just from my point of view, I I hated the guy a few weeks ago. I wanted, I, I, I thought he could be the worst coach we've ever had, to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like a lot of fans felt that way, too. And then you look at what he's done with his defense, and he's calling the plays now. He's the defensive coordinator. And they went from worst to first in a lot of categories here. I mean, our run defense last year, well, what, what were we ranked? Like, dead last, probably? I mean, look where we're at now. So, he's on the over. What I would like to know is, what are the chances they get rid of Getsky? Yeah, Mike, your phone's not great. Uh, get, as far as getting rid of Getsy, why do we have to do that? Like, I get that people aren't super happy with the way that the offense has been called. It hasn't been excellent. But again, it feels like it's getting better. You're seeing progress from the quarterback. One of the biggest complaints out there is that our quarterbacks have not had the same coordinator uh, for successive years. Correct. You go back and take a look. So, so why would you feed into the insanity of getting a new coordinator? You, 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 you sit there and you tie them to, to each other and you say you're both either going to be successful together or you're going to fail together. But you guys are both going to be together. So both of you guys need to sit down and figure out what the hell's going on to try to find a way to make us all successful. Yeah, just this whole idea that you can just keep switching the scheme and the head coach and switching the quarterback, I get. The allure of Caleb Williams is out there. I think that's the reason we're even having these conversations is you have the number one pick and Caleb Williams is there and you don't want to pass on a quote-unquote generational talent. But I just, what are you if you just keep firing people? You're Carolina. They brought in Matt Rule two years. Bye. They bring in Frank Reich. 11 games. Get out. You just, you got it at some point. And I can't believe I'm the one of all people. I'm the guy who's always saying people got to get launched. You're the sun punter. Exactly. I wanted to launch everybody in Denver off of this planet when they were, what, one in five? Because they had screwed everything yeah. up so bad. And now you look and go, oh, they're actually pretty good. Seven and six, maybe they aren't playoff good, but they might get their way in in a tough division and a tough AFC. And a little patience can sometimes go a long way. I, you, it would kill me if Eberflus is building all of this and you reset it and it fails. Because it feels like right now you're on a precipice of breaking through and being good. And if you can it all now, you might lose it entirely. That would bother the hell out of me. My thing with Getsy is, too, and I feel like I'm the dude from 300 about to fight a bunch of dudes whenever I say this, is Getsy has been good the last few weeks. Before the, I mean, even during the injury, he was getting the most out of Bajan, and people wanted Bajan to replace Justin Fields for a while. I like Getsy because he's not just trying to fit whatever he does into every game plan. The game plan against the Lions both times this year and last year worked. Like, they were running Justin Fields. Sure, the, the yardage wasn't there through the air, but the, the recipe was run Justin Fields because they can't stop it. What did they do the first time against the Vikings? They got killed, and Justin got hurt. The second time, ball was coming out fast, and, oh, they didn't score any touchdowns. Who cares? They won the game. The game plan worked. Getsy's game plan of screen passes, whether you like it or not, whether it was pretty or not, was good, and it worked. 
So why are we going to going to fire a dude and just replace him with another guy when he's adjusting and making changes and it's actually working? Adam, the Vikings game is a great point too because you think that Monday night game twelve ten, it's ugly. Go watch Vikings Raiders. I don't. I know AOC ain't all that. I know the Raiders' offense isn't very good, but at least they have Devontae Adams, and they struggled to move the football. They couldn't get to the red zone. So 12-10, it might look ugly, but Getze did what he needed to do to win a game, and then things got a little bit more vertical against the Lions. It's week to week. I hated the Monday night game plan when it happened, but after seeing what happened with the Vikings on Sunday... I'm not as angry about it. We'll get more of your calls in on this when we come back. And we've got those Chicago Wolves tickets for you. All of that's next. Carmen and Yurko. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Yurko, we got some Chicago Wolves tickets for the people. Wonderful. Huge weekend of Chicago Wolves hockey at Allstate Arena. Wolves take on the Texas Stars on Saturday night and their arch rivals, the Rockford Ice Hogs, on Sunday. Sunday's game against the Rockford Ice Hogs is Chicago Wolves Family Sunday, presented by Scott Credit Union. Now is your chance to win a four pack of tickets to Sunday's game against Rockford. Caller 10 right now will get that four-pack of tickets. You can also log on to ChicagoWolves.com and get your tickets for this Saturday, 7 p.m. or Sunday, 3 p.m. Get them both. Go to both games. Why not? Make little, it a, a little double dip. Make it a family weekend. We are Chicago. We are hockey. We are the Wolves. We're talking Bears, 312-332-3776. I pulled a Sylvie. Forgot the phone number. Uh I think it's pretty simple. That's I'm keeping. I'm keeping Matt. We'll talk about it in an hour in crosstalk. I'm keeping Matt Eberflus. You're, it sounds like you're keeping yeah, Matt Eberflus. I kept Eberflus two weeks ago. Let's see what the people think. We'll go to Tom and McHenry. Tom, what's up? Hey guys, how are you doing? Good. Good what's up? Hey, no, I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I don't know why we want to go through this cycle again. I would say a couple things. I'll be fast. I think Eberflus has done a great job. He hasn't lost the room. He hasn't lost the team, number one. If you look at Dan Campbell or Zach Taylor from Cincinnati, all their fans wanted to get rid of their, those coaches. Same thing after the first couple of years into it. Even go to Green Bay, LaFleur, they they were living with him the first couple of years with him. When they lose a game, he didn't, you know, making bad decisions, but they were winning, so it was no big deal. Right now, Look at Green Bay's record earlier in the year. They wanted to fire him, too. He's learning to do his role just like LaFleur. I'm just sorry, just like Eberflus is growing into his role now. And I think you should stick around. You don't want to go through this again every, you know, every, every three years with new coaches. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. You see examples all around the league of the teams that do it over and over and over oh, and, and over. And the Bears are one of those. And I think there, there's a little bit of a chicken and egg argument. Like, we always hear about... Pittsburgh as being this model of stability. Well, are they stable because they're loyal to coaches, or are they stable because they found a great one? I think that becomes a bit of the question. But I also think the opposite can be true. Like, we know Frank Reich, maybe not a great head coach, but a pretty good one. He got launched in Carolina after 11 games. It's not his fault they drafted the wrong quarterback. It's not his fault he is a petulant owner. But he got launched. He pays the price. And that 
speaks to instability in the organization. I think you as the Chicago Bears, if you get to the end of this season and we've seen marked improvement, they're better on defense, they're better on offense. Yurk, how many more games do they win? Two, three? Oh, at the end, I think if they go at least two and two, they'll be fine. That's but seven I, and ten. I, I think three and one is a realistic. If they go you look three and it. one, you're adding five wins to your total from and, last year. And you won against Green Bay. See, my win, my, my key win, my eighth win is against the Packers. I mean, God willing, you go no. nine and eight, and you either get in or you're just shut out. You're going to launch these guys for not being good enough? How big is the allure of the number one pick that you're going to bomb progress? Jay, I think Yurko points out something important there. The Packers game is, is important because how have we seen the McCaskies handle this rivalry, right? Like they've weighted the Bears-Packers rivalry as more important to all decisions that are made up there than any other game that takes place. So if you show out at Green Bay, you win that football game, you look really good. I don't think there's any way that they're firing people. But uh, on the other uh, side of things, say they go two and two and one of those losses is a Packers loss and the Packers win a, a convincing style game. Then, like, then like I the could see game be, of the year, yeah. yeah, I could see it being back on the table that Eberflus doesn't return. I, I think Yurko's right. It comes down to that Packers game. Well, if you look at the Packers, I mean, last night, Jordan Love was awful. Yeah. That's I mean, a beatable sure. team. That, that yeah. Also, the, the Giants showing up and winning that game last night, if you are pie-in-the-sky Bears fan thinking that they can go on a run here, that was a big loss for the Packers to help your chances if you are able to go on a run. I, this past weekend, Chris, was like the Bears could not have had a sex-fueled dream that would have helped their playoff odds better than what the, happened The only the thing would have been if the Raiders would have been able to beat Minnesota. That would that have been was great. Tough. That's the one thing that hurt. But yeah. like when you everything else works. When there's like five things that need to happen and four of them do, you really can't imagine it goes better in the NFL. Rams losing to a punt return. You know, you have things taking place that help your situation. The Giants. The Tommy DeVito acing the Packers in his own house. And like Jordan Love now that they have to have a bit of a reckoning. Got a little high on the supply up in Wisconsin because you beat Kansas City and Detroit, but look at how Kansas City and Detroit are playing. It might not mean a whole lot right now. Those are two teams that are really going through it. So I just, the NFL in the middle is very close. And I think the Packers are gettable for the Bears. I think the Browns are gettable for the Bears. I never thought I would have said that a few weeks no, ago. Yeah, but you're saying it now. But that speaks to the progress that Matt Eberflus has made. And that's why I think. We're being way too trigger happy to be making a decision right now and all the conversation around, can he come back? Do you have to make an upgrade? Do you have to make a swing at the enemy or whoever? It, it, can, we, can we just accept the fact that we asked for progress and we're getting it and be happy with it? Dare I say I'm doing some schedule looking to uh -oh. see who's playing who. And Minnesota's got the Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. So that's victories and losses sitting in there somewhere. I'm saying if the Bears win out, what needs to happen everywhere else? I looked at New Orleans' schedule. I looked at other schedules. There's possibilities. But the Bears, listen, you control your own destiny. You win, it doesn't to matter. What, whatever happens. To an extent, yes, because somebody else could win four games in a row and you lose the tiebreaker to New Orleans. Sure. Right? Or the game, Rams right. or whoever. Or the Rams or Seattle or whoever you're out there tied with. You can lose to those teams. Minnesota can come back to you. 
But you got to start beating some teams in the NFC. That way your tiebreaker gets a little bit better. So let's start getting it done. Let's beat Cleveland. Then you got three games in the NFC. You get the nine victories. I don't know how they keep you out. Yurk, a lot of people want to talk Bears. We'll get more of your phone calls in on the other side. It's Carmen and Yurko.